coming at you from the EBITDA Growth System Studios, looking out at the beautiful Rocky Mountains. My name is Dave Gapkiewicz, and I'm with Mike Watkins, and we want to welcome you to the Making Business Profitable podcast. The Making Business Profitable podcast is brought to you by eSquare Marketing. At ESM, we are your social media management team that puts your mind at ease. Not only can we help with your social media management services, but we can help with your paid advertising, email marketing, website design, video, and even podcast production. Visit us online at eSquareMarketing.com. Good day, Michael. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing well, man. How you doing? I'm doing. You know, it's uh, it is it is exciting around here these days, isn't it? Uh, I think uh, I'm getting <laughs> tattered at the edges, man. We are. Oh, you're having so much fun. That's I, not even I fun. I am having a good time. You're absolutely right. I mean, you're around good people. You just have a good time. Good people. It used to be just me and you. What yeah, are you talking about? Yeah. Now there's six of us. <laughs> I mean, you know, man, the Lord is so good. He's brought us tremendous talent that, uh, you know, is complimenting you and I. and Coaches, and, accountants. We even hired a software engineer. Yeah, yeah. So really excited about serving our customers going forward in uh, 2022 because we have uh, quite the team now. So, uh it's good. It's all good. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, so if you're on a finance call with us and you hear the the voice of Wendy or Bernadette, you'll know what's going on. Or if you're on a if we're working on one of our dashboards and you interact with Sean, or you know Kevin's adding a whole bunch of coaching clients as well. And it just it's uh, it is. I'm not even sure how this is happening, but. It, it is phenomenal what has happened in EGS. Great ride. Great ride. So what are we talking about today? I think uh, the thing that you are pretty passionate about here lately is succession planning. Well, we're encountering the need to uh, deliver some succession planning um, with, with a, a handful of clients. And the thing about succession planning, Dave, is when we encounter the need, it is an acute need. It's like... We need it now, and uh, it's very emotional, and it's uh, very painful, right? So, so, so tell me, Mike, what, if I'm running a shop, it's just me, and I'm chief cook and bottle washer, and I'm up top, and I'm, running, I'm making all incisions, I'm making sure good parts are being made, why do I need to think about succession planning? Why is it important? It's pretty straightforward. Uh, when you stop, the business stops. And if, if you're good with that, then, you know, there's really no need for succession planning. But most, most people are not good with that because they have 10 or 15 or 20 or 50 employees that are counting on them for their subsidies, right? So let me ask you the question. What, what do we love helping people to do? Well, what's our I mean, brand promise? I mean, our brand promise is to double profits in three years. But even more important than that is our mission, which is to make business use business to improve lives, right? Yep. So, so why succession planning is near and dear to our heart is because you can't scale a business without succession, right? Sure, sure. You just can't effectively no, grow it. No. You can, you have this fence you got to clear. Like you have like a, a $2 million fence that you can just can't get over unless you hire some kind of manager to help you out. 
and then you got a $5 million, five to $7 million fence you can't clear unless you have four or five people to help you out. Then you have like a $12 million fence you got to clear unless you have like 10 people to help you out. Sure, sure, Right? Sure. So there's these fences you got to clear, and you got people you have to add and structure you have to add, right? Yeah. And I think it's a four-step process. It sounds like, you know, Alcoholics Anonymous or something, but I mean... Hey, it, it, hey, yeah. I don't have a problem. Yeah, yeah. But these are real four big steps, though. And uh, so tell me if you're tracking with this, but I think the first step is you got to put an org chart in place, and the org chart is going to reflect accounting, um, marketing, and sales, usually combined in a smaller company, operations, and then HR. So, and then you can have a president or a CEO. So you, you have an org chart with those roles in it, and you have to decide who's filling those roles. And if the answer is the same person, <laughs> that's why you have a succession problem. Yeah, exactly. And so the example is if you have a $5 million company, you'll have a financial guy, you have an ops person, sales and marketing person, HR person, like a CEO. But a $10 million company might have a finance person with a bookkeeper underneath them. And, and a controller, and, probably. Right, a controller with a bookkeeper and a manager of operations and a supervisor and a sales and a marketing person, you know. So, I mean, it depends on the org chart, but you gotta, you're 100% right. you got to map that out first and then make all the boxes. And then every box, you should make a really good job description. A really good job description because when we hear people talk about making a run at succession planning and failing and just saying I, I, you can't do it it's usually because they met someone you know Popeye's chicken or something and says hey you know you, you're a director of ops really well can you come work for me and uh, you put them in place you don't have a job description for them so you don't know what you really want them to do and they're looking for the batter yeah you're yeah. like, we don't have anybody yeah. here, man. We, we make medical parts. Absolutely. We don't make chicken. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so the job description is so important, but, they, you know, I don't have time for a job description, but I got time to... More fries. Get, get more fries down. Get more fries down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, 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 uh, so the org chart and then the job descriptions for those positions on the org chart. That's right. And then, and then you really need to take those and put plans together for those positions and clear objectives. So you don't just go, I hear most people just hire someone. I hired myself a manager. Okay, where do they fit in a job? Where do they fit in the org chart? What's their job description? What is their plan and objectives? What, what do they, they need to know, okay, I know my what my job is, but now what's the plan for me to be successful? What objectives do I need to hit and when, right? Absolutely, because when we do our training, our management leadership training, we talk about Forming, storming, norming, and performing. Those are the stages that a team goes through. And anytime you bring a new person on board, you automatically go into storming. The only way to get out of storming is to clearly identify everyone's roles and responsibilities. Clear and unambiguous expectations. Absolutely. And if you haven't defined those, you will stay in storming for a really long time until uh, a person fails out. And then you've like spent all that time and energy and money on that resource who doesn't make it because, not because they were not capable, but because you really didn't know what you wanted them to do. And you'll notice this if you have manager and they quit, and another manager and they quit, and you another manager and they quit, that's what you're missing. Oh yes, it's so expensive, man, it's just so expensive. And then, and then I'll bring up another one, Mike. 
of what people don't do well is good onboarding. Taking somebody, bringing them into the fold, helping them feel like they're part of your family. How do we onboard somebody and make sure we did a really good job with that, right? Yeah, I mean, I think the key word there is is uh, just being deliberate. I mean, people have to be very deliberate about onboarding um, because uh, statistically, with these younger people, if you don't onboard them right on Monday, they're looking for a job on Friday. And so, you know, onboarding is where you share what the plan for their function is and where you define the objectives for their function. And maybe it's a negotiation or something, but, but at least they know, you know, what their sandbox is and, and then what does success look like in your sandbox? I mean, just sharing all those things are just... Onboarding, onboarding is one of the exclamation points behind the word culture. If you don't take the time to onboard somebody correctly, you don't have a good culture. And the number one thing people look for more than pay is the culture they're joining. Absolutely, absolutely. And so we've got an org chart, we develop some job descriptions, and then uh, within each function, whether it's finance or sales or marketing, we develop a, a finance plan, a sales plan, a marketing plan with specific objectives, and then we communicate those to the resources as we bring them on board. We tell them what our mission and vision is and what our goals and objectives are as an organization and what our brand promise is and who we are, what we stand for, our values, all those good things. And then... Oh, hold on a second. Then we're done, right? You just put a manager in there and just say, go go forth and no, multiply, no, no. And, and they just go. And it fixes everything, right? I've done no. all my documentation. I'm good, right? No, then you have to stay on top of them. You have to hold them accountable, right? And people uh, want accountability. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's really strange. I always talk about that uh, experiment that my psychologist's daughter talks about. When you, If you don't have boundaries, people aren't comfortable. And they, they actually atrophy because they don't have boundaries. They don't, they don't want to go too far and get their head cut off, so they just don't go at all. That's right. When you, when you assign accountability and you put the boundaries in, they can let their hands go inside those boundaries. Right. And they will make hay for you. So, And that's at those one-on-ones or, or the monthly reviews where, hey, this is, this is your objective this month. This is, this is what we have in the plan. And so this is your goal this month, and you need to go hit it, and we're going to talk about it. And you continue to circle back. And, and maintaining a relationship with your managers is holding them accountable and sure. holding them to metrics. Sure. That relationship is critical. That should be your number one relationship, not just be a buddy-buddy. But the accountability, the discussion, let me help you get there, all those, right? Yeah. So you're winning when the company's winning, and we're going to define how the company's winning, and when the company's winning, you're winning. And it's, it's just, it's a virtuous cycle. So um, here are the metrics that we're going to be measuring you against. And if you feel like a metric is not good, then let's talk through it and establish another metric. Right. But we're holding you accountable to metrics. So what do you think about people just hiring managers and say, you write your own job description. You you tell me your objectives, and you tell me all this, and I'm going to let you develop all this stuff. Yeah, that's a because it happens that's a, a business owner that uh, lacks uh, business acumen, right? And and in our equation, when the business acumen is really low and the technical experience is really high, the likelihood of success is fairly low. I mean, you're going to be surviving, but you're not going to be thriving. Right. So our prescription is for companies to thrive. And it doesn't look like you write your own job description. I mean, it's, that's just absurd. 
That's that's the business owner. Who <laughs> happens a lot. It happens all. It does, but that's the business owner who just doesn't know any better. So if you listen to this, I mean, this is short as like a twelve minute podcast, but you listen to this, you can copy paste this. So you can go from one million, two million, five million, ten million, twenty million, and just keep copy and pasting this underneath the five plans over and over and over again as you grow and teach your managers how to do this. All of a sudden, you have a business that runs itself. Totally. And then um, kind of a concluding point, Dave, is oftentimes there's family members involved in this succession planning. And uh, that's, that's crying, that's gnashing of teeth, that is difficult. And uh, it's, it's just an emotional time. But we have found that uh, you just have to sit down and talk through it. Yep. Having a mediator is really key, too, and then having a disinterested third party to sit down with you and talk through it is really good. I urge you people to do that. Absolutely. Right on there. Right on there. We at EBITDA Growth Systems do what we do to impact lives through improving business performance. To get access to our content or engage us in any way, you can reach our contact page or any of our information on our website at www.ebitagrowthsystems.com.